Hello, 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 everyone out there. Welcome back to another episode of Kimboology. Welcome back to the bullshit, y'all. It's your girl Kimbo here, aka the Blazing Sensation, aka Miss Traveling Chafing Queen, aka Kingpin Kimbo. What's up? Aka Daughter of Pajanat, aka Slayer of Poles, aka Miss Petty Pussy, aka Mother of Georgie, aka Kimbo Kush, aka Captain Planet, she's a hero, gonna take pollution down to zero, aka Miss Pussy Control, aka the Hustlin' Hussy, aka twerking on your daddy's couch, aka yes, my middle name is spelled wrong, aka Kimbo of all trades because she can do it all, honey, aka Nomadic Nympho, aka Great Ass McGee, aka Heels Bigger Than Your Dick, aka Platypussy, see the hands. Hi everyone, welcome back. Uh, this is episode 38. Okay, here we go. Episode 38 in Espanol, 38. In Thai, it is Nung Song Sam Si Ha Hok Wait, Nung Song Sam Si Ha Hok Bet. Sam Si Boom, what's up? Sam Si that is 38 in Thai. Um, hi guys. Um, yeah, so welcome back to another episode this week, you guys. Lots have been going down in Kimboology land. Um, my sister got married, so it was really, really beautiful. Um, I spent, um, you know, the time with her, spent the night before in the hotel getting ready, literally like staying up to like two in the morning doing this like game on like Nintendo, Nintendo Switch. Is that what it is? Um, I'm also high as fuck again, guys. I'm sorry. You know, you know how it is. Uh, I smoked and then I took a big fat edible. So I was like, cause I'm like, I'm off tomorrow. I'm going to have, I'm going to fucking enjoy it. So it's like, also it's raining. There's like a monsoon outside my window right now. So if y'all are hearing some craziness in the back, I'm, I apologize, but mother earth, she is not okay. And she is angry tonight. So she's crying. So yeah. But I was, uh, watch my mom, watch my mom, watch my sister get married. It was beautiful. She got married in this beautiful park outside. It was hot boots, but we got through it and we took some amazing photos and, um, the reception was beautiful. I had this really nice speech that I semi prepared, um, for my sister. So I did that and that was really nice. And we ate cupcakes and steak and lobster tails and were bougie and it was wonderful. So Shout out to everybody that was a part of the wedding, that came to the wedding, that, you know, shouted out my sister, gave her some love. <clears throat> I truly, truly appreciate y'all. Um, it was beautiful, and I'm so happy to see her happy. So that was beautiful. Um, what else is going on? Um, I'm not going to talk for long, guys, because the episode this week is cue the horns or whatever, you know, suspense. Ooh, we're going to be talking about the handmaid's tale. And, uh, we do have a guest this week. Um, Becky Campos, travel Beck, AKA Baxter Lexer, AKA the fucking troll of all trolls. Uh, she's joining us later on the episode to talk about the handmaid's tale. We talk about the, uh, season finale, uh, if you guys haven't already, we did jump on live on the podcast, Instagram, Kimboology podcast, um, on Instagram, and we watched the season finale together, um, live and it was fucking hilarious. And my mom fucking 
busting, starts talking all this craziness, looking for Georgie and shit, and she was hilarious in it. So if you guys want to watch that, it's on my Instagram. It's funny. Uh, we didn't tell anybody. We didn't. We just impromptu planned it. So it was really last minute. We just like was like, you want to jump on live and watch this together? And she was like, yeah, you know. So. So yeah, it's going to be really fun. So that's why I don't want to talk to for long because we did get really deep into it. So if you do love The Handmaid's Tale, you're going to enjoy this episode, guys. If you don't know what the fuck Handmaid's Tale is, I do suggest you get on it. It's on Hulu or Shluhu. Um, It's won Emmys, bitch. It's won awards, all sorts of shit. Um, it's being directed by, you know, Elizabeth Moss in this season. She's, you know, shout out to her. Um, I believe she is a Scientologist, though, which is kind of like I re- the reason I feel like she pulled off such an amazing directing work. So, because Scientology is the ghetto. So, um, high key, it's actually crazy as fuck, and I'm scared of it. So, um, so yeah, I don't want to talk for long. So, I do want to dive in. But before I even, you know, talk about anything else, I want to just address that. Um, we did record the episode, me and Becky, on Juneteenth. So I wanted to just say happy Juneteenth or belated Juneteenth because this is, you know, it's actually the day after Juneteenth today that I'm recording this. But I wanted to talk about it briefly and just kind of explain um, because a lot of people, especially at my where I was working too, I made sure to... to um, to say happy Juneteenth to all the black people I saw. You know, every time I saw a black person, I'm like, happy Juneteenth, happy Juneteenth. And I literally would be like getting the thank yous and yes, happy Juneteenth to you and all that. I don't, I'm not here for white people saying happy Juneteenth to each other or anybody else other than the people that are black. Like, I don't want, and you know what, and not even like high key, some black people like don't even want white people coming up to them and saying happy Juneteenth because it's like, oh, great, yeah, you're a... ancestors uh, enslave our ancestors thanks for saying that so it's quite problematic um but you know for the black people for the people you know people in my community we were I think we were really happy to have it and to say it to each other and it made me happy and it made me smile to see other people that were getting the reactions from it because it was just like kind of taken we were taken like they were taken aback because this is quote-unquote a newer, I mean, it just became federally legal. So now it is a federally legal holiday. You're welcome, white people. You're welcome, non-white people. I'm, I mean, non-black people, because you're getting a holiday on the, on the backs of slaves, so of my ancestors. So you're welcome. Um, so enjoy that day off, um, um, that extra money in your check. But we still need reparations. So yeah. But anyways, I wanted to kind of just share a little bit about what Juneteenth it, what is, um, just to kind of clarify things, um, I'm just pulling some information off of um, the New York Times.com just because they wrote this article that I thought was kind of, you know, good and kind of just gave a little broad, you know, explanation on it and like what, you know, what exactly is Juneteenth. So the article reads, so you want to learn about Juneteenth. Um, it said on June 19th, 1865, enslaved African-Americans in Galveston, Texas were told they were free. A century and a half later, people in cities and towns across the U.S. continue to celebrate the occasion. So, yes, we are celebrating it, but this is the first official year. It is an actual federal holiday. Um, last year, I know some companies, because of um, the huge George, George Floyd movement, they started to actually pay their employees for the day uh, for, for, for Juneteenth. So some companies did start beforehand, um, but officially this year is the first official federal holiday in the United States. So um, Juneteenth is an annual holiday commemorating the end of slavery in the United States. 
um, has been it's been celebrated by African Americans since the late 1800s. Uh, but in recent years, and particularly following the nationwide protests over the, the police brutality and the deaths of George Floyd, Breonna Taylor, um, and Ahmaud Aubrey, and other black Americans, there is a renowned interest in the day that celebrates freedom. Um, so yeah, what is Juneteenth, right? On June 19th, 1865, about two months after the Confederate General Robert E. Lee surrendered, um, the Union General arrived at Galveston, Texas, to inform enslaved African Americans to their freedom, and the Civil War that ended, and that the Civil War is ended. Uh, general um, announcement put in an, in effect that the Emancipation Proclamation, which has been issued more than two and a half years earlier, on January first, eighteen sixty-three, by President Abraham Lincoln. So. The holiday received its name by combining June and 19th. The day is also sometimes called Juneteenth, Independence Day or Freedom Day or Emancipation Day. Um, so, yeah, it's basically our Emancipation Day, our Freedom Day. Um, it's when the last of the slaves um, in that small town, Galveston, Texas, were actually um, told that they were free. So, um Guys, this is really important. Um, it is a huge part of history, American history. So I have seen so through some, just listening to my podcasts and articles and things, that the in some states, and some boards or whatever have you, um, the, the school boards are trying to actually keep more information away from our kids um, and like not teaching them about like the horrible history that is American history. Um, I think that's bullshit. Uh, there was so much growing up that I didn't even know about that wasn't taught to me in my schooling. And I didn't, I won't say I had a bad schooling at all. I grew up in the suburbs of Chicago. So I think I had a really pretty good education. Uh, but definitely, definitely they lack, most every school system here in, in the United States lack that general knowledge that young kids need to know about our history of racism, systemic racism, um, enslavement, um, and just like the constant, constant, um, the degradation of like black and brown people. So it, it needs to be talked about more and in schooling, I believe. Um, why hide it? It's a huge part of our history. Yes. Colonizers took over, um, and stole this land from native Americans and, um, Mexican American, um, Mexicans and Hispanics alone and alone. And then they took that and did not give it back at all. And then on top of that, they brought African slaves from Africa and brought them here to a place they didn't want to be and made them slaves for hundreds of years. So it's horrible. It's absolutely horrible, but it needs to be talked about. You know, how else are we going to go forward and learn if we don't, you know, acknowledge the past? So I just want to take a moment and talk briefly about that. Struggle through it. I'm like, high as fuck. I'm high. I'm tired. Today is actually Father's Day, too, guys. So shout out to my fathers out there. It's a lot going on, guys. I'm like, holy shit. Um, happy Father's Day, guys. Um, shout out to Christian. He's a first-time father. Um, he was uh, he was the one that did uh, the Broad City Appreciation episode with me. So shout out to Christian. He did have a baby boy named Benjamin. He's so cute. Um, can't wait to meet him. So shout out to you, Christian. You, you know, your first... Father's Day officially. Um, one of my coworkers, Julian, it's his first Father's Day, so father, shout out to him. Shout out to my shout out to Rick Dog being a cat father, but you know that doesn't really count. But you know what I mean. Uh, it's just something cute we do for each other because we're not parents. But um, shout out to my brother um, Kenny 
and his beautiful baby girl, Kyla, my niece, and the gummy bear that is in my sister-in-law's tummy right now. So yeah, they are expecting. So I am excited about that. And my fa- my brother is an amazing father and his uh, Kyla loves him down. Like she adores her father. So, and it's really, really beautiful to watch them together. Um, they've sparked such a beautiful relationship and he is a really phenomenal dad. So I'm very proud of him. So shout out to y'all. Shout out to the fathers out there. Um, so I'm talking too much, guys. Again, we have to get into the today's episode. So let's get into... Sexy Sustainability. So guys, this week on Sexy Sustainability, I saw this really, really, really um, dope kind of like pop-up ad thing because, you know, I'm a hippie and like I usually get, you know, on your Instagram you get these ads, but I usually get like sustainability ads. So there was this one that was really, really, really fascinating and it was about this one um, professor that created this... Um, packaging you know how those little styrofoam peanuts uh he he created a packaging out of uh popcorn so he said he noticed that popcorn was a very durable you know material so to speak um food um and he thought of like hmm there must be a way for this to be sustainable and make it make it useful other than just to eat it and so that he created this renewable and fully biodegradable um packaging material made of popcorn and so, yeah, so isn't that interesting? So, yeah, so there is um, packaging material out there that's made of popcorn. So that's cool. thought that was very fascinating. So that is this week's Sexy Sustainability. I saw that on Instagram. Um, I saw it on, I follow the World Economic Forum on Instagram, and they have so many um, interesting things about the environment and what's going on with the sustainability. So I follow them, and I got that information from them. So shout out to them. So, yeah, guys, um, that is really it. My recycling in the news was pretty much, you know, just me updating you on what's going on in my life. Um, and then also the Juneteenth. So uh, you're welcome. Um, no, I'm just kidding. But, yeah, uh, again, I do want to really, really dive in and get it to Becky and me because we had a really great time. We could have talked for even more, uh, even longer. Honestly, if you guys want a part two of this bullshit, let us know. We don't really know what y'all want to hear. So... Because Becky was pressed. She's like, let's talk some more. And I'm like, girl, we have been talking for too long. People have shut us off already. So, yeah. Um, So, yeah. We're going to take a quick break. And then when we come back, Becky will join us. And we will dive all up in The Handmaid's Tale. And we'll be right back after these detailed messages. Today's episode of the Kimboology podcast is brought to you by Faith and Flower. Faith and Flower's spiritual bath teas will align your chakras from your root to your crown. Whether you're medicating, masturbating, or meditating, you can use Faith and Flower to elevate your bath and self-care rituals. Kimboology listeners receive 15% off their first purchase at shopfaithandflower.com. Use code Kimbo at checkout. We are back. And everyone, welcome back to Kimboology. It's your girl Kimbo here. And I got a very special guest. 
Uh, she's joined us already twice before. So this is the third time having her on. She's one of my besties. I love hey. this bitch. Even though I hate... Shut up, bitch! I haven't even said your name or introduced you. See? The trolling continues. It's Rebecca Compost, everyone. Bectacular. Dexter Lexter. Uh, travel back in the building, y'all. What are your AKAs, bitch? Do your AKAs. AKA Rufio's best friend. <laughs> <laughs> Shut up! I hate you. Do you guys understand this reference that this bitch keeps calling me Rufio? I don't know what she's talking about. For those that have seen Hook, oh my god! So me and Kim got together for the first time after like being vaccinated. We went to we went to King Spa in Nile. Heaven on and- Heaven on Earth. Yes. It is oh a Korean god. day spa. It's literally the best place on earth. Go on. So Kim's hair is looking real fucking cute these days, as you can see she's slaying with the curls and I was like oh my god Kim your hair looks so good and she's like bitch growing this fucking hair out she's like my roots were coming out and I was like oh so you were on your Rufio <laughs> <laughs> let me tell you to struggle y'all okay if y'all watch it on the visuals right now yes your girl I used to have a mohawk for like seven eight years or some shit and I would shave the sides down so I made the conscious effort to you know, yeah, I'm, I decide I'm like, I'm going to grow my sides out, guys. It's time. It's time to grow up. I'm in my 30s. I need to do it. So I choose this. My sister's getting married, mind you, in a few in like mo- like months away. So I have like black thick hair fucking growing on the sides and my blonde hair is on the top. I look like a hot fucking mess. And this bitch calls me Rufio. <laughs> so Rufio's, I think I, I had didn't I didn't Google him, but I think he's Filipino. So those who know. <laughs> If you know, you know. No. <laughs> I'm planning on having uh, a movie night with Kim and Rick Dog. Rewatch Hook, and Kim gets to know. Uh, on some real shit, though, Rufio was like, he was that guy. He was he that was, bitch. Okay, yeah. okay. <laughs> bitch, I forgot to put the timer on and everything on this shit because I need to time this shit. I'm a hot mess, you guys. I'm drinking wine. Um, I'm wearing my Skims pajamas, by the way. I don't know if you can see. Oh, God. You guys, this bitch stands the Kardashians, and I hate it. I can't stand it. And this bitch stands Kim K and their She just hasn't felt the luxury on her skin. (laughs) I'm not giving any of them hoes my money, honey. Okay, let's talk about that. She's sleeping at night. She hasn't just experienced the luxury. I hate you. She's over here trying to be a brand ambassador for fucking skims and shit. Fuck out of here. Anyways, guys, if you guys are hella confused, welcome to the Handmaid's Tale season finale recap. Me and this bitch here, Becky, love the show Handmaid's Tale. And the ones that know, know. The ones that out there that are going to enjoy this episode that fucks with the show are going to love it down. Uh, it all started because me and this bitch decided to watch. Actually, though, it didn't start there, but... Well, Jessica put us on. Shout out to you, Jess. That's Rebecca's uh, other best friend. Uh, But she put us on. We were in San Francisco visiting her. And this bitch starts watching it. And we're like, what is this? She's like, oh, my God, bitch. Right? She was like... Let me she was you. like thirsty to put us on. Like she was, she was like, thirsty you guys have to watch the show. Yeah, yeah. And we had just been adventuring all over San Francisco. So one night we were just like tired. We were, I think we had done like a wine and like taco night or something like that in her. Yeah, office. we were. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And so we started watching this show, and me and Kim were like, "What? Hooked? The fuck Hooked? Is this? 
It was so fucking good. So, I mean, the ones that know, know. Um, if you guys want to, to see how ghetto and fucking ratchet we, us two are together, um, we did a whole fucking... Uh, we decided last minute to just get together for the season finale of season four, right? This is season four? Yeah, season four. four. We watched the last episode together, guys, live on Instagram and decided last minute. So literally like nobody's watching because like I like decided to we just decided to do it like randomly as fuck. And we would have people pop and be like, what's up? What's going on here, guys? What y'all doing? What y'all doing? But it's a hot mess. My mom makes an appearance, which is like super embarrassing. So you're welcome for that. Um, And we watched the show, guys. So if you guys want to watch that, that's literally on my Instagram, Kimboology Podcast Instagram right now. You guys want to see it. It's a whole hot mess. Enjoy. Um, but yeah, we wanted to do an episode where we actually like break it down, talk about the season, like recap, um, talk about like how it how it kind of correlates with like the past seasons. And um, yeah, and who better than to do it with this bitch here because she's low key like I'm a you know, stan. Well, no, low key like an intellectual an intellectual when it comes to this bullshit. Okay. Look, look at me giving you your 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 credit, bitch. Thanks, Kim. Giving you like your fucking. I'm After I've been trolling you down since. <laughs> with the sweet baby rays, bitch. With the sweet baby rays. Fuck you, by the way. So this Let bitch comes over. Know. What's up? Let the world know. What's oh, I been hate going you. On. This on Juneteenth, by the way. By the way, shout out, happy Juneteenth, everyone. Today yes. is Juneteenth that we are recording this. <laughs> shout out to Juneteenth. Um, so yeah, no, this bitch fucking comes over and she's like, I we barbecue and everything. We're like Rick Dog Productions is a barbecuing, making the food. And we ran out of barbecue sauce. We ran out of sweet baby rays, and this bitch wanna troll us, talking about, oh. The ancestors would roll over in their grave. I'm like, fuck you. You caught us in a dry spell. We I was like, I thought this was a black household. The lie detector test determined. <laughs> <laughs> I hate you so much. I was so fucking pressed that I, we went and bought like three bottles and I like sent it to her and I like with like, fuck you. And she was like, ah, really? Oh, finally. And Kim had the caucasity because George, her cat was there. He was like in the mix with us he's so cute i'm a dog person but i have a soft spot for cats um and i used to have a cat her name was checkers and kim was like why'd you name her checkers i was like after the restaurant (laughs) and kim was like oh my god i can't believe you (laughs) the ghetto and i was like bitch if you don't stop disrespecting checkers and then that dis, and then disrespecting sweet baby ray (laughs) I'm just gonna have to. I don't know. A troll, a constant troll on my life, guys. This fucking bitch here. Does, is Checkers like a well, like a United? Like, is it all over the United States, or is it just Chicago, or is it like a thing? Oh. Right, Checkers, guys. If y'all don't know the reference, it's like this chain of. It's like a what, like a fast it's like food a chain or restaurant? Yeah, it's a fast. Right, food. but it's all it's hood. All right, it is like you will see a che- when you hit reach the hood. You will see a checkers. Let's just be real, guys. Okay. Hood means checkers. Like you will go to the like if you want some like, but real tea. I'm well, actually, the last but time I, I feel checkers. I also feel like in the 90s, checkers was it. It was like a spot, especially like because you know, I grew up on this over here on the south side, and there was a lot of them over here. And it well, was bitch, like, you live in the hood. So was, I mean, <laughs> I mean no, where's but the lie? Like, girl, it was like Liddy. Like you would pull up and there would be like people in their cars like hanging out it was kind of like a scene back then and you know with my older sister 
she's take me and my brother like cruising with her friends. That's how she'd be able to like go. My parents would make her take these two little kids with her. So to we, the hood, the check. You know what I mean? <laughs> yes, Becky. Beck thought she was down all the way when she was a kid, y'all. Appropriating. <laughs> Fuck out of here. <laughs> <laughs> leave the chakas to us bitch okay i just playing i put you on the popeyes though for real true 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 i'll give you that yes. i will truly pay my respects to you <laughs> she never tried popeyes before we went and i introduced it to her i was like bitch i'm taking you to popeyes i don't know what the fuck is wrong with your life in my defense there's two fuego on fuego fried chicken restaurants in my neighborhood that are literally like institutions like i don't for my pretty much my whole life, I would not understand why anyone would go to anywhere else for fried chicken. Cause this What's is it called? Shout it out. Well, there's number one is Heinie's. Kim has had it. And number two is Gina's. Kim has had both. And she I've had both. Are you sure? Yeah. I've had yeah, Heinie's remember, for sure. Remember that time I had you guys over here for a Southside Safari? And we- <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> it was like that one <laughs> oh when we took the little oh my I god when i stayed in the queendom yes oh uh-huh. my god the queendom yes. i miss her yes okay i remember that now that, that, that was like day. that day guys was amazing this bitch took me on a tour of the south side i was like I'm a nice side bitch, so... So she spent the night with a few other gals, and I ordered them Gina's chicken. It was so good. And then we, like, kikied. Kim slept in the queendom, a.k.a. my parents' bedroom. It was a queendom, <laughs> you guys. Like, there was, like, a fucking, like, view and shit. I was like, where the bitch? It was, like... It was luxurious. Anyways, guys, <laughs> we need to get into this Handmaid's Tale because we were just fucking talking and talking and talking. All right, so... If you guys know, season four has wrapped. It is over. So if you guys haven't watched it, definitely get on it. Real tea, go. If you haven't watched the season finale, put on, put on Kimology Podcast Instagram and watch it with us because it's cute. It's a yeah. fun time because you'll react with us. It's a little, it's cute. Um, so yeah, let's, where do you want to start, Becky? I'll let you like figure that, like, because you're good with that. Well, let's start with like recapping the season, season four. Okay. Like, how do you, how do you feel about it? Like, what's your vibe? On- well, like it, when it started out, right? Mm-hmm. It started out that June was still in Gilead, right? When it started, she was on the run already, right? Or okay, no? Wait, wait, before we go on, tell everyone there is going to be spoilers. Oh, bitch! If they haven't so, already figured that out, I true, mean, no, that's true. You're right. You're right. You're right. <laughs> <laughs> the title is going to be like handmade something, so true, true, y'all need to right. catch up. So, spoiler alert! Spoiler alert! Spoiler. Okay, it's official. It's in there. Okay, guys. Spoiler alert. So, if you guys haven't watched Handmaid's Tale, caught up, turn the push pause, watch that shit, and then come back to this, okay? Because it's the real tea. But in the beginning of the season four, June is still in Gilead, right? And is yeah. she? I can't remember. Is she? She's free. She's free though, right? She's like on the run, right? Isn't that how it starts off in season four? Because it's like it's like her and um. Oh fuck! Right? Oh my god, we suck, Becky. We well, the thing is, we were so this season was so heavily anticipated. Um, I feel like that. I don't know. I just I feel like there was so long, especially because like. 
No, I didn't even start that long ago. It's been, it's, it's I know. Wait, it's been days. how many episodes? Handmaid's Tale. Ten episodes. So it was okay. It was about two months ago. Two, two or months, months ago. ago. Yeah. Um, okay. Well, we do know, we do know she was, um, we're trash right now for never fucking trash. I mean, like everyone's like, okay, bitch, good night. <laughs> so, okay. From what I'm going back to my memory and it'll come back to you, Becky, cause you're good at remembering stuff like this. My memory is she, she, oh, my memory is now coming back where they, the handmaids are actually with Aunt Lydia. Yeah. Aunt Lydia has them. She got she got them back, right? She got no. like she got June, she got Janine, she got what's the homegirl? So we are on the run. So the first episode is pigs. I'm looking at it right now. Pigs, okay. Pigs is where they they ended up on that farm. Um, yes, and that little and that young um that young commander's wife, the yes. one, the young girl that like ends up helping them. She's mm-hmm. like, girl, I was hella confused with her because I was like, this bitch. So for me, it clicked right away with her because remember, um, and I think it was season two where they married off all of those young girls. Yeah. And Nick was one of the guys who got a bride. Yes. Um, so I'm yes. mean that this girl had to have been married off in some kind of, ceremony similar to what we witnessed oh. in season two but was really what was really fucked up about this particular character's situation was this commander that she was with um was like old as fuck yeah I think he was Nile. like I don't even think he knew he was old as fuck was she was on. young boots like she yeah, looked like she, she was 19 like no not oh. even okay Six, maybe younger was, like 16 or she's she's a she's a child which is like with a real t and well the saddest thing was that she was fucked up clearly because she ended up they ended up coming out that she was um she was good so the commander was sending other commanders guys yeah with her to come fuck her yeah so she was getting like raped Uh, she so basically in in retrospect she was also a handmaid right she was but she was a wife but she right. was like treated like a handmaid because she was like raped by all these randos and she opened up to June right. about it. But it seems like I feel like this particular commander probably couldn't perform. Obviously, he was not. Uh huh. Yep. Yep. And yep. probably to save face and to get her pregnant and not to have a handmaid because from what it looked like, they didn't have a handmaid. So obviously she was probably expected, you know, to be, because you remember in season one, they had all those young girls coming into the hospital when June was pregnant with Nicole and they were like checking, like they were making sure they were fertile and June had asked one of them, she was like, do you want to have kids? And she's like, well, isn't that what I'm supposed to do? So I'm assuming this character probably came from like a similar situation, you know, she was probably really yeah at this point we know like Gilead has been going it's been a thing now for seven years Mm -hmm. so she had to have been like nine or ten when um, when the U.S. fell to Gilead yeah Yeah. and so that's probably how she ended up in this situation and obviously we know all the commanders are like egomaniacs so I'm sure this old senile man still had some kind of like 
you know, something in him to be like, I can't look bad in front of the other commanders and most likely get taken down from my post because I can't function as right. a human. So that's probably probably why he kind of offered her up to everyone in the little area that they were in. Um, yes. So this girl had a bunch of like pent up anger because of her situation. Oh, she was angry with boots. Like. And she was also super excited to have to be hosting June and the other handmaids, mm-hmm. even though they were all fugitives. Yes. Um, and I just think this girl, most like just like most young teenage girls, she's angry about her situation. She's upset. She wants to rebel. She's got a lot of fight in her. She's been on the privileged side of Gilead, so she's really not... She's kind of out of touch with the handmaids and how, how they actually feel. Yeah, because you know? remember when they were sitting and eating dinner and she, like, screamed at her, like... Remember she was yelling at that other handmaid, like, finish it, or whatever, like, she right. was just, like... She was yelling at was like, yo, bitch, chill! Like, Janine was a vegetarian, and uh-huh. she didn't want to eat the pork. And right. she had gotten close to one of the pigs that they had killed for the meal. That's right. Because, yeah, she, Janine, bless her heart. Like, she, like, befriended one of the pigs and, you know, right. that whole thing. And listen, I got chickens. So <laughs> I can't You hide. would befriend a pig in Gilead. <laughs> I really would. I really would. Like, I would, I literally, like, catch feral cats and get them fixed. Like, to see, like I love animals, but like literally, yeah, I would do that. But honestly, I felt I felt for this little girl because you know clearly she was fucked up from her situation. But you know, also she shout out to her because she was helping out the fugitive handmaids. You know, but yeah, fast forward though because you know, like basically in that process, I can't remember exactly what happened. They get found out, right? And then they get caught. The handmaids get caught. They were supposed to move on to the next safe house. Right. And they just couldn't find a window to leave. Right. And And it was, the the window was closing. They were fine. They were going to find, like they found out basically. The eyes found out. Remember June had gone to that brothel to kind of, I forget what, what information she was going for, but. She was talking to that girl. Right, she was that one girl, the Jezebels. From yeah, the she was like the main bitch for the like, uh, the whole like, um, so what do they call it? Wait, um, what do they call their like? Basically, their like underground railroad. They called it something. Mayday. Mayday. She was yeah. like looking for the one bitch that like ran Mayday at right. the brothel. And this, that, yeah. June gets a pul- while she's there. She gets a pulse on how things are yeah. after she let those kids go. And basically June realizes a lot of people fucking hate her because even though she got those, what is it? 78 kids or 87 kids. I know. I feel like I'm flipping the numbers, but I think yeah. the number was, it was up a lot. There. Yeah. Yeah. Cause was- that's how season three ended. The plane yes. got out. Yes. Kids got out. Yes. June escapes with the other handmaids because she was injured. Yeah. And she got shot, bitch, right? Yeah, she got shot. She got shot, yeah. yeah. yeah she she was bleeding out, bitch. She was bleeding out. She was about to die. Right. Like, dead ass. So she, she finds out that a lot of people lost their lives to get these kids out. A lot of people got in trouble. Yeah. Um. They. She also finds out that the brothel where she murdered that other commander. Yes. With down. a pen, mind you. That bitch murdered so, that nigga with a pen. 
I feel like the season started off really well because it really gave us the pulse for like shit is fucking serious. There, she's not gonna walk away from this like super easily. Because to be honest with you, when season three ended, I kind of got the impression that she was gonna get away with it all. That that's really truly what I felt. Maybe that's naive of me. But I just feel like it was so successful, like her plot to get these kids out that I was kind of mm-hmm. like, she did it at night. They don't know where the kids were, but somehow the eyes found out that mm-hmm. she was the one involved. And they I mean, she, to, she got them had, out. So like, I think right. she was successful. I mean, clearly, obviously they're going to find, they're going to get the tea. They're going to find out. Right. That's All them true. kids missing. Right. You know? Right. Well, I mean, you know, she, she did that. And then- in the process of moving to the next Mayday safe house, um, they get caught up, right? Right. And then they end up back, right back in motherfucking Aunt Lydia's hands. I mean, but literally those, like, tell me, Becky, did your heart not sink when, like, they, like, when Aunt Lydia got them back? I mean, this bitch oh, yeah. was literally the utter worst to these women, you know, treated them like fucking dogs, would have them stone each other to death and shit you know, torture them. I mean, Janine lost an eye. Right. You know what I mean? Uh, I was like, oh, bitch. They're about to fucking get, like, tortured and waterboarded. Oh, well, actually, that did happen, right? Didn't June get waterboarded? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, can't, I Okay, I can't watch that shit. I don't know how you feel about it, but I lit- I can't. It's this very hard. This show is very triggering. Um, it's, not, it's not an easy watch, especially for women. Um... Yeah. But ironically, though, Becky, like most of the people that watch this shit are women. (laughs) And like the men, like literally tell them the story about how you would. Who did you show this to? And they were like, oh, hell no. My dad, he he caught me watching a recent episode and he sat down to like watch it. And he watched it for like not even five minutes. And it wasn't even an intense scene. It was the scene where like Serena and Fred were talking for the first time after she had found out she was pregnant Mm. And it it was an intense scene, obviously, because they've got hella fucking history. Yeah. Both of them, both those characters. And my dad was like, I, I can't, I can't just, I'm going to go. I was like, what? Right, right, <laughs> right. And Rick Dog too. Like, he was just like, oh, like, because he came home one day from work and was like, and I was like, I just finished watching an episode. So I was just like, like. Stone honestly like, to me going through it and he was like what's wrong are you okay and I was like I just got finished watching Handmaid's Tale like <laughs> I'm not okay like you know what I mean and he was just like I'm not watching this shit look at you look at you why are you watching this he doesn't understand I also feel like the the thing about this show and why women are drawn to it is to me it's, it's definitely an example of like how bad things can get if you don't pay attention yeah and don't stay yeah. Engaged, yeah, and I feel like for a lot of men, no disrespect to Rick Dog, because I'm not. This is not meant towards him. It's not meant towards my dad, but I feel like for a lot of men, the show is definitely a representation of, not not a representation. It's it's a mirror to them of like we need you to be allies. We need you to help patriarchy with us. Yeah, and I feel like that's where unfortunately a lot of men fall really short. You know, Um, that's why of the world we live in you know yeah. there's not you know the the truth of the matter is is like locker room talk isn't is something that like isn't you know it's it's not frowned upon the way it should be like 
we're just not supported the way we should be supported by mm-hmm. men. Just, I agree. I agree. Straight men, at least, you know. Yeah. yeah. And some of these gays. This <laughs> hetero, well, the, yeah, the self-hating gays, let's be real, because um, they, they do exist. Um, no, I mean, for real, though, like, um, when it comes to, like, the whole abortion issue in a sense of, like, what like the control like whether or not to you know is it legal or not or like you know if you pay attention like in these states there's like laws passing to like to like get rid of abortion and like you know like keep those are rights those are women's rights like our bodies and these are men these are mostly white men that are like passing these laws that are trying to tell us us women what we can and can't do with our own bodies which is literally trifle like what do you mean Especially like when so many, so many Republican men don't want to get the vaccine right now. Okay, like talk and about their it. their conversation is, well, it's my body, I can do what I want. Oh, really That's though? So yeah, you want to have a word about what a random woman has to do, whether she have a baby or not? Fuck out of here, right? Well, this world, Gilead, was built off of, I guess, in a sense, if you want to fast forward, it's sort of the way things, women. Yeah, but literally, like, literally our women's rights were stricken and taken from them because they were fearful of the human race, right? Because at this time, birth rates are decreasing significantly. More and more women are finding out they can't conceive. So they find all the women that have children at that time, which is a very small percentage, right, Becky? Like not very many women in America at that time could conceive, could have, right, were fertile, could even have children. So they would round up all those women and make them sex slaves, and right. make them have children, you know? And they're in like, ugh, I don't want to shoot yeah, forward. You know what? Let's do a break, quick breakdown of what Gilead is like for those that haven't watched the show but are listening. So like, fill them in on what what the hierarchy of Gilead is. So it's well, the commander. So it, started, so it started out, it's the sons of Jacob. So okay. pre-Gilead, there was a group of um, extreme, like evangelical Christians, men, who were like keen on overtaking the U.S. government um, because at, I guess at this time, at this point in time in the handmaid's world, um, there's a lot of like pollution that they think is causing, you know, infertility, um, the, the, the sanctity of like the family units is being threatened by, you know, lesbians and gays and, you know, the, the, the new families, you know, that are, you know, that's a thing now. And there are a lot of women that are, you know, women that are coupled up, they, that with these men believe like because of their careers, they don't have time to raise a family. They don't have time to be a mother. They're, they believe that their place should be at home. So basically what happens, these the sons of Jacob overthrow the U.S. government. Um, and eventually it turns into this like dystopian society um, where pretty much the main family units are a man and a woman most these men are commanders um and each family that is not able to conceive is assigned a handmaid and every month that that handmaid is ovulating there's this thing called the ceremony and these handmaids have to wait for the men and the the commander and his wife in their in their in their bedroom they come in the wife holds 
the handmaid down and essentially the commander rapes um, handmaid. the handmaid so that she can get pregnant. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously this turn, this, this there's, it's a slippery slope. There are, you know, commanders that have affairs with their handmaids, AKA Janine. Right. We're going to talk about, cause we yeah. love her character. She, she's come such a long way. Yeah. Um, and it's just a lot of fucked up situations in June situations, just to catch everyone up to speed. Yeah. June ended up in this house with commander, um, Alfred, like Fred, Waterford. Fred, Fred Waterford. Mm-hmm. So she's with commander Waterford and his wife, Serena joy. Um, she falls in love with his like main driver. security guy, his yeah. driver, this guy yeah. named Nick. Um, and she ends up getting pregnant um, by Nick. Mm-hmm. Though Serena is aware of Nick and June's situation. Well, didn't she actually make them do it? No, wasn't she, she watching them so, at one point? Serena found out that through one of Gilead's doctors who was monitoring June and her fertility, that Fred was infertile. His sperm, like, didn't have any. Yeah. <laughs> of course, he's a... He's just an evil, shit. evil right. human being. Yeah. Right. Literally. Doesn't deserve to procreate. No. Uh, God, let's so- listen. God knows what he's doing in that sense. He's like, <laughs> oh, we ain't never having this nigga have no kid. <laughs> Fuck out of here. Yeah. So Serena definitely kind of turns a cheek to June and Nick's relationship. Because she wants a baby. And bad. Serena wants a baby so freaking bad. So fucking hard. It. You yeah. know, that's all she wanted. Serena, I feel like based on like flashbacks from previous seasons, I think she played a major role in Gilead's development. Cause if she did remember, though, she did. Yeah, so she, she did. Was kind of like this, she wrote, she wrote some of the, she, she wrote, wrote a book. Yeah. She wrote she a book. Like, because on, like, yeah, conservatism, well, conservatism and like the household. And the book was literally called a woman's place. And it was super controversial. Right. People were sending this woman death threats over this right. book because it was, it was her being like, yes, we're smart. Yes, we're intellectual. But what we really need to be doing is having children. But right. then but it's the children. it's the it's the hypocrisy for me, because then like she ends up getting like her finger cut off for reading. Because mind you, in this new world of Gilead, which low key, you guys, if you guys haven't caught up, Gilead is America. OK, literally Gilead is the new America. So we keep calling. We keep talking about Gilead. Right. Gilead is literally the United States. OK, so. I mean, come on. Well, she literally at some I forgot what season it was, but at one point she kind of starts to rebel against this world of like, you know, women kind of being subservient to well, men and like What happened? Remember Fred got sick or something and Fred pretty much didn't want the other commanders to know that he couldn't work. Ah, uh, so she stepped over in. her work, ha- yeah. handed over his work to her. Yeah. And Serena being, you know, a pretty capable human being is able to handle herself. And June used to be an editor. Right. So, so they take over, they work for his they ass. Literally uh, yeah. together I forgot her. that. Yo, see, this is why I want to mm-hmm. like high key. Like, I mean, I know I'd like literally just finished the last, like I'm all caught up in this since I've watched all the seasons, but honestly, it's just been such a long time. That like all right. of this stuff, I want to like, I'm going to, I'm going to take my time and rewatch the entire seasons back over starting from season one. But yeah, they both go in, they both fucking cover for him and they both do his work. And in 
this society, in this dystopian, um, you know, way of living, women don't read. Like we're not allowed. They're not allowed. They're not even allowed to write. They're not allowed to write. It's like just literally like your wife. You and but the thing is, being a wife, you don't cook or clean. Like you have a Martha. So Martha's right are another assigned. A servant to the household that just cooks and cleans for the commander and his wife, right? So it's a servant. This this Martha is not able to conceive. I have like, a have feeling. Given. I have a feeling that Marthas were previously in pre-Gilead times were not necessarily like June or Janine's characters who were like these like free liberal women. I have a feeling they were conservatives as well. But like, since they were, they, I feel like they were, they specifically chose these women to be Martha's because they were kind of past their reproductive years. Because uh-huh, if you uh-huh. notice, there, a mm-hmm. lot of the Martha's are not, they're, they're older. Um, they look like they're, Is you know, Rita that old though? Rita look good. She don't look old I mean, I'm not, saying, I'm not saying they look bad. That's not what I'm implying. You know, I'm, I'm saying they just seem like, you know, and, and they're just not people that were I, I I guess older than the past their childbearing years you know what I mean like, I mean that's just the reality of it so I think that's what Martha's that's where Martha's kind of came into play with that okay. and it's interesting because the show hasn't dived into that I don't know if out of I don't think it's maybe not necessary or maybe that's going to be a storyline down the road um but that's how I see it especially because and the aunt, so this Aunt Lydia character that we mentioned about, um, she, the the aunts are in charge of kind of wrangling the handmaids mm-hmm. um, and training them on how they're going to be, and also brainwashing them. A lot oh, of their boots. rhetoric is like, you are chosen by God to give your gift to this world and your, your gift is your child and you're giving this family like this amazing opportunity. And so they did dive into Aunt Lydia's character and her past pre-Gilead in a season. I think it was like season three, they dived into it um, or maybe season two. But Aunt Lydia in particular was an, an instructor at a private school she didn't have children, but she was definitely conservative and religious. Um, and do you remember when they flashed back to her? There was one student in particular who had a single mom and she would like constantly pick up her son late from school. Not that she was like a neglectful mother, but you know, she was a single mom. She worked, mm-hmm. we wouldn't mm-hmm. let her work early. And she, Aunt, Aunt Lydia's character had a, she was really partial to this little boy. Mm. So she really took a liking to him. And she was so disappointed that this single mother couldn't yeah. give him like what he needed. And he, in reality, he was perfectly fine. He was a perfectly happy, healthy kid, yeah. you know, with a mother who like, yes, she's not the ideal situation, but she also loved him. You could tell. Who, and who are you and, bitch to get in my life? Aunt Lydia like- called child protective services yeah, on this classes. woman so yeah. that kind of gives you so I feel like Aunt Lydia was definitely more on the like not she was definitely past her childbearing years but she was definitely someone who was on the more extreme side of 
you know, her religious antics and her views on come on, neck roll. Come on. Okay. Come on. She was more on like the on like the conservative side of like her religious views. And also like she was someone who was like a big proponent of like the traditional American family and like the sanctity of that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um so I think that's how that because Aunt Lydia is not the only aunt. There's like no there's there's like there's a whole tribe of fucking bitches that make these let's be real there's a whole tribe of bitches that literally make these women handmaids and train them and brainwash them to be subservient to their fucking commanders and lay there and get raped every month like several times a month so i don't want to like i and the thing is sorry aunt lydia's story ain't that traumatizing bitch like they they were trying to like when they were showing her storyline they're like this is why aunt lydia is the way she is it's she had also been heartbroken by some like right the bit like she fell in love and got her heart broken like oh boohoo bitch we've all been there okay (laughs) right we don't get no fucking sympathy from us bitch okay like this bitch was fucking crazy and fucked up and we see that going forward because so let's let's fast forward right so people have got kind of gotten let's go back into season four The, the so that's kind of the that's the main gist of like what's going on guys right so a lot of shit happens in between if you guys really are invested just rewatch it rewatch it with me guys i'm gonna rewatch it too so um so we're back there to aunt lydia catches the fugitive handmaids right so it's it's june it's janine janine's got the eye patch like she's missing one eye what's my homegirl's name that i really love that i can't alma alma i love me some alma because that bitch didn't give a fuck she was like Like, she was, like, the sassy bitch, the sassy handmaid. But, like, they all get caught. And surprisingly, though, I thought, like, worse was going to happen to, you know, to them in a sense. But, like, no. The reality No, 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 Becky, we're forgetting. They find June, and they waterboard her, and they bribe her into... And they make... make, They show her... So, they show her her daughter, which is, like... June is really fucked up, right? Because this whole process of her going through Gilead, she has a daughter already, okay? She Um, was taken away from her when she was caught by the eyes when her and her husband were trying to escape to Canada from Gilead. Oh my God, bitch, why am I can't remember? What's her fucking daughter's name? Hannah. Hannah, thank you. Mm -hmm. So she's, look, she's like, won't, she doesn't want to leave. She's had several opportunities to leave Gilead, right? Maybe not several, maybe like a couple, right? Two at least, two least and she won't leave without hannah hannah's her real daughter with her husband luke that's in canada uh canada is a free canada is freedom right canada is not canada is still canada that we know and i mean boots, but <laughs> i mean boots like literally yes but canada's freedom luke's there uh we know more moira's there you know what i'm right. saying Mori was another handmaid of her her friend her best friend um they're free right hannah is with a family in Gilead that she's trying to find, you know, so they, so they basically, they, you know, they hold her daughter, Hannah, like, you know, kind of like, you know, like, Hey, you know, please tell us where these other handmaids are, or we're going to fucking hurt your daughter, Hannah. Right. And they bring Hannah, they put her in this glass fucking box. They're, they're just like, so it's fucked so up. fucking evil. Right. And Hannah's like scared boots. Cause she, she, when she was taken away from her mom, she was right. so young. What was she like? Five, six or something six or seven or something like that or like five or six. oh she was even younger right because she's around like 11 12 now right so do the math right because this has been gilead for seven years 
she was very young. She does not remember June. She doesn't remember her own mother. She was scared of June. I think she remembered her. I would not be surprised because you remember in season two, she broke into the house she was living in. Yeah. And she like woke her up out of her sleep and yeah. like, um, you know, it they was had like a moment, right? Ordeal because yeah. like the, the mom, the not the mom, but like the wife, the wife caught her yeah. and it was this whole situation. So I would not be surprised if Hannah has been brainwashed or not necessarily well, brainwashed, yeah. but fed prop- propaganda that her mother's like this evil person and doesn't care about her and is doing mean things. So, um, okay. So you don't think knows? she, you don't think she forgot her. You just think that she's been brainwashed to think she's an evil person. Not, ne- not like I said, not necessarily brainwashed, but scared with propaganda enough to, for her to be like, Scared. To see her mother in the flesh is such and, a shock to yeah, her. Yeah, because she was like legit scared. She was like, oh my God, like screaming. Like, right. like she was scared of her own mom. So, and I think it broke June's heart. Oh, yeah. Up until that point, when they had had the few interactions that they had, Hannah was so excited to see her. Yeah. She was, because she I really mean, thought her daughter was going to be happy to see her mom. Like, she was like, oh my God, you know? Yeah. Right. And I think when June kind of caved into that moment, where she finally told them where the other handmaids were, Heidi. I think she was just scared for her daughter because she saw how scared her daughter was and didn't want to scare her any more than what she already was. Well, listen, the reason she's still in Gilead is for Hannah. Right. She could have left. Gilead, like those other couple times that she could have left. She's there to protect and save Hannah. So, of course, she's going to tell them where the handmaids are. She needs to protect her. So that's the whole reason she's still in Gilead. Right. is to protect Hannah, is to be, is to save her daughter. She wants mm-hmm. to save her daughter. So she, she, she tells them where the handmaids are. The handmaids, you know, are pressed, you know, obviously because they're like, bitch, what the fuck, you know? But then they, she told them with the tea, like, bitch, um, is my daughter. Y'all gonna be, y'all, y'all gonna be just okay, you know? And then long story short, but like, basically like Aunt Lydia's like, basically gets these handmaids up. Wait, and just before you go on, can we have a quick conversation that guy who was so there was this guy that we had never seen before um who was torturing yeah who the fuck was that he like waterboarded her and her um trying to get information out of her about where the other handmaids were his character truly gave me the chills yeah like he for real scared the fuck i think for the first time casting on that show i was like oh my God, this guy is not okay. Yeah. Like, yeah. That actor did that shit. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, he's an asshole, but he ain't shit. Yeah. Um, who else? Aunt Lydia, she's scary, but she's a dumbass. No, you, you know? know what, Becky? Ooh, his, like, you're right. His, his yeah. character, I was like low-key shook it. Like, this, this was someone who thrived in being evil like yeah and torturing people like, and torturing people yeah. and i'm i have a feeling they're probably going to grow his character a little bit more he was really good he was very he was good really that actor good. did that shit so it, yeah you know what it reminded yeah. me of do you remember an inglorious bastards um oh chris i don't remember Malcolm. that movie like that i don't remember that oh, okay. oh chris the, the nazi though yeah Girl. but you know what that he's He's, he's an amazing Indian. actor. He's like an incredible I actor. Legitimately yeah. hated him. Yeah, Inglorious Bastards, and then in Django, yeah, he yeah. was like the good guy, and I was like, yeah, oh, yeah. I, I mean, that's, that's how I dad. That's how I felt <laughs> about uh, Steve Carell, who is the renowned Michael Scott in The Office. The be- you know, awesome, and we love Michael Scott, but 
he plays the Mike, uh, the Matt Lauer character on the move on that show series on Apple called The Morning Show, which Becky, I told you to watch. I don't have Apple TV. Bitch, whatever, just like figure <laughs> it out because it's so like he is the Matt Lauer character. He is the one. Really? Yeah, Steve fucking Carell, like Michael Scott, the most beloved him. boots bitch. So and and then when I tell you that Steve Carell is a brilliant actor because I literally fucking hated him in that fucking show. Oh my God. Yeah, bitch. Reese Witherspoon, Jennifer Aniston, Steve Carell. Fall in. Okay, I'm okay. gonna like stream it somewhere, yeah. somehow. We had like three months free for some shit when like, I think when Ricky bought his like computer or something like that. So that's when we watched it. But okay. legit, that's the only thing worth watching on there. Honestly, there's nothing else worth watching on Apple TV Plus. So you're gonna watch Oprah's show? Girl, <laughs> I mean, shout out to you, Queen. Shout out to you. Right. Um, but put some respect on her name. I mean, respect with a K. I am sorry. <laughs> I am sorry, Oprah. My bad. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no, legit. Like this, yeah, this guy, he was chills, okay. yeah. like chills, yeah. right? So okay, so the girl, they oh, know, yeah. they know oh, yeah. where, they know where the handmaids. The handmaids are now with Aunt Lydia, and we're gonna we're gonna speed it through because honestly. At the, for the most part, Lydia's actually kind of nice to them, like weirdly. Like she's not doing her. I thought she was gonna fucking be like skinning them and sh- like just doing the fucking most, but she didn't. Wasn't she well, like weirdly we nice? Forget, I feel like Aunt Lydia does have a touch of humanity in, left in her, but I think her ego and her need to like maintain her reputation beats like it out it outwins her humanity a, a lot mm. but i definitely think she does have a little bit of of a soft spot for her girls and yeah 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 especially yeah. do you remember in season one when they were doing like the presentation of the handmaids to like the ambassadors of mexico mm. and janine was at this point in the show janine had told her character like who she was as a person had been broken down by Aunt Lydia. Mm-hmm. Um, and she was just invested in being like a good handmaid. Mm. Um, and do you remember Serena didn't want to showcase Janine in like the display mm. of the handmaids because of her missing eye? And she yeah. was like, Aunt Lydia, yeah. we don't, yes, we're showing off our good fruit, but we don't put our bruised apples out on display. Mm-hmm. And Janine was so her and she was like just sobbing and like Aunt Lydia. I remember this scene because it was like, I was like, oh my God, she has a soul. She takes her and she holds her face and she's like, don't cry. And she calls mm. her Janine. Mm. She didn't even call her. I forgot this. She this is why I gotta watch her back. Name. And she's mm. like, Janine, I'm so sorry. Like, I know you want to go to the party. I'm going to get you a whole tray of desserts just for you. And like, I remember being like, oh my God. Right. She has a little touch of Well, then that makes in her. Well, then that makes and sense. I think that's where that comes from. You know, I think yeah. it, she does care about them as humans. Well, she does have a soft spot for Janine. We find that out later on in the season, right? right? So, yeah. So, let's just go on. So, basically, she's really nice. So, they she's going to go ahead and ship them off to become handmaids again, right? They're in this car. They're in this car, all of them, headed to wherever place that they're going with Aunt Lydia in the vehicle, right? And then this scene is just like... This bitch had the nerve to be like, it's so wonderful to be all united again. Right! Like, this is a fucking family reunion or some shit. I was like, bitch! 
and they're all rolling their eyes and like this bitch for real. So then like literally, it's I don't know. Quakers June. It yeah, was, yo, it was bitch like, was not having it. No. So this bitch jumps out the car. All the handmaids run after them, right? Because they have this part where, where there's a train, train coming, coming. Right. right? And bitch, this scene, spoiler alert, not all of them make it now. They get across the tracks and... Janine and only, Julie get across the tracks. Yeah, Janine and Janine one and of the other the girls got shot by one of the eyes. Right. And, and then, Lydia's fucking <laughs> She's having a fit. And then, unfortunately, we lose Alma. Yeah, my homegirl. Brianna. Yeah, I didn't care for her, though. I'm sorry. She had, like, uh, one line the whole... She was just there. She literally had one line. I mean, shout out to you. She's probably a background actor that got bumped up. Got that one line. Shout out to you, Queen. Maybe we'll see more of her in other films and TV shows. Oh, you know this fucking shot her career up like crazy. So, I mean, shout out to her. You know, it was a check. And she's getting all the, like, FaceTime. So, um, yeah. So, so fast forward, Janine and June are the two handmaids that make it. And so from then on, they're on this run. They're, they're finding different ways. Like they, they find this like group of like, uh, fugitives. Actually, they, they actually, Chicago. they make it which, to Chicago in this like train. They're in a buck. They're in this like train car full of milk. So they find a, they find a train that was a freight train that was taking a bunch of supplies to like the soldiers of Gilead who are at right. the front lines. So fighting Chicago. Shout out to Chicago. <laughs> right. Shout out to us. Right. Cause we fighting bitch. And the surrounding suburbs for kids. <laughs> this bitch tried it. Okay. <laughs> Fuck you, bitch. Fuck you. Anyways, shout out to Chicago. Cause we will not have it. We will not have it with Gilead. Although, although, okay. So I don't, let's, let's talk about that. So, in Gilead, not the entire United States has been like taken over. There are certain parts of the country that are still fighting back. We know Texas is a free republic. Okay. California was a free republic. Okay. That makes and then sense. Chicago was like still this one hole that like the the people from Gilead were still trying to break through. Yeah. So in my mind, I definitely had this vision of Chicago still kind of not normal. Obviously, nothing about the situation is normal. But I was like, yes, of course, we're still holding it down in Chicago. Me and Becky were there like, fuck you, motherfucker. Yeah. Like throwing shit at them and shit. Straight up, straight up. Yeah. Right. Oh, shout out to right. Chicago. But then so they, they make like, it there. They get- what? They Go get on. there and it's yeah. an entirely different Chicago than what I had envisioned it. It's yeah. definitely still, but it's mostly, it seems like it's all a lot of like refugees who are yeah. still just hiding. It's not necessarily people fighting back. At this point, it's people who are just struggling to survive. Yeah. Cause and even when Janine yeah. and June had gotten there, they were starving. They hadn't eaten yeah. in a couple of days. Yeah. And they were like, hey, they thought they were going to be like welcomed yeah. and excited to be yeah. like received. And everyone was kind of like, we don't give a fuck if you're- They're like, we're- unless you got something to get, like to contribute, you're literally like taking our food. You're nothing. Fuck you're here. Just, yeah. another, you're yeah. just another like strain on our resources. Literally. And so basically they were like, well, you got pussy, right? Let's go. Okay. And so they're, so June's like, oh, fucking hell no. Like this right. is exactly what we ran away the fuck from. Because right. that he was kind of fine, not gonna lie, whoever he was, the <laughs> Middle Eastern boy that was like, was- So, what's up? So, what's up? Like, what's up with that pussy though? Who's sleeping with me? 
And then like June is he like, was like a typical, honestly, he was like a typical Chicago guy who's like a seven. I mean, like shout out to Chicago. Seven. He was a solid seven. <laughs> in this time, in this world, he was cute. Okay. Right. There ain't many lookers in this world. Okay, apparently. but pause. So like, did you feel disappointed like I was about Chicago's current standing and like how it was like did you have a different bit or did you know that's what they were gonna walk into no bit. I wasn't giving us that much fucking credit okay I mean I knew I knew that it had to be a, a hot mess like the thing is like they're fighting like I knew I kind of figured I didn't expect it to be this like oh safe haven or anything like right. that you know they were fighting for their lives and like it was, it was, uh, Chicago's constantly under, so they're basically constantly bombed, they're constantly under siege, like, and basically, the resources are dwindling, there's nothing, right, so unless they were going to be contributing in some way, they were going to, like, right. kick them out, so June, so the motherfucker, dude was like, what's up with the pussy, and then, like, June was like, oh, we're leaving, so Janine steps in, and was like, we got, it's okay, bitch, step aside, I'm she got them a slice of. She got her in June a slice of bread. She got her a slice up, uh, right? She was like, "Here, bitch, one slice of bread." Here, Just eat. to give you guys an idea of like where things were at in Chicago, like a com- a hot commodity was mm-hmm. literally a piece of bread. Right? They were trading their clothes for things like, mm-hmm. like homegirl wanted the fucking Cubs hat, and she was like trying to trade her handmaids like her robes you know dress robes for the for the hat because she was like because anyways janine ends up befriend like liking dude right so like you know the dude i don't even know his name they were an item right she she ends up like that's boo thing that's my baby boo you know that's bay and then was like oh he likes the cubs let me get this hat for him and june's like bitch we need to get the fuck out of here. Like, June was trying, she was trying to fight. Like, she was like, I'm gonna go find where the people are fighting. This is some bullshit. I'm not trying to sit here with these motherfuckers. Like, I wanna go fight. Mind you, she was giving me heavy Kim vibes when she was single and like, guys, try to come. Single girl swag, like, y'all. Kim would be like, who the fuck are you? Trying to they called me a sell a man hater when I got back from Australia, guys. Like when I got back from Australia oh. and moved back home to Chicago, everybody was like, Kim, you hate men. And I was like, what? What do you mean? They're like, yeah, your attitude, bitch. And then this Becky's been trying to make me a handmaid's tale for some time now, right, guys? Because literally she like kept I just trying to get me on Tinder. Tinder. What'd you say? Oh, no, no, no. Yeah, back then I would try to get you on Tinder. Yes, bitch. When I tell you, like, I was, like, on my single girl swag, like, not interested in these niggas, right? And she was just constantly trying to be like, Kim, you need to get out here. You need to be on Tinder, you know? And I was like, Becky, leave me alone. Like, I don't care. And little do we know, now we're switched. Like, Becky's totally on my vibes back then now. Becky's like, fuck these niggas. I'm good how I am. See, bitch? See, the roles have changed. See, I mean, all I need now is an Asian baby from you. <laughs> she wants to, she, she's trying, she's a, she's an I aunt, wanted, and I'm a handmaid to her. Literally, I want a caramel macchiato skin tone Asian niece or nephew. I'm done. I don't think that's asking for a lot. I really You're asking for 14 much, bitch. Okay, <laughs> like to the extreme. High key, though, my babies with Rick Dog would be so so cute like the hair bitch fall in like, i'm done i'm done i know you wouldn't even be able to stand it like if you met if you met kyla my niece becky 
I'm going to meet her. We would have to call the cops because this bitch would steal her. That's how fucking cute my niece is. She's so cute. She's so cute. Okay. (laughs) So anyways, back to handmaids, right? So uh, June's on some like, let's go ahead and fight bitch type shit, right? And Janine's on this like, you know, I want to stay with this motherfucker because he cute and we're fucking and I like him now. Which is like, come on, bitch. Like, you've been riding with June from jump, and yet this nigga comes around from out of nowhere, and all of a sudden you want to jump in his dick and stay with him? Like, come on now. So that's... I still wasn't kind of, like, seeing it for Janine. I was like, this bitch is stupid. Like, I can't. Like, she's... Right. Oh, my gosh, she's so dumb. So then, little do we know, like, later on in that episode, June's leaving, and then Janine joins her. So Janine's like, what's up, bitch? I'm here. Let's do this, right? So they, in that episode, they leave, and they're about to go, and they're about to go and, you know seemingly like go find so they're looking for this group so basically the group they ended up ended up with they were just a group of like refugees that were trying to survive they were hiding from the eyes because they didn't want to get caught right and be a part of gilead but june found out there was a group of people called the nighthawks like they're it was like suicide missions they would kill anyone in sight yeah the thing about Firing out to the eyes in Chicago, one of the, the character that was Janine's boothing had talked about it. He's like, it's just not worth it. Mm. You make when you do that and you kill someone, they find out about it, and then the area becomes hot, it's crawling with eyes, and we have to leave. And from what it looked like, they were pretty well situated in whatever abandoned warehouse they were living in. Right. So they were not invested in like going out and fighting it with the resistance versus right. this group that June was looking for called the Nighthawks, they they were. Like, they yeah. were some, like, fuck you, I don't believe in God, I'm going to kill all of you guys. Type right, thing, which you know? seemingly was kind of June's, like, mood at the time. That so anyways, was her mood. That yeah, was that was, that was her, her mood. mood. Uh-huh. So let's fast forward, right? So so the, she's they're leaving, they go, and then there's a sea, uh, literally Chicago is under siege, they get bombed and they get, you know, they, yeah, they're, un, yeah, right. they get bombed. And Janine is lost. We can't find her. June and little June, June's coming out of it. She's like all fucking disoriented. Her this moment, bitch. This fucking moment. I mean, if For you watch the show, have you seen? Show, you will know when will she know. sees Moira in the dust, bitch. I was sitting there like shook it. I was like, <gasps> you know, like. And how how the show wrote that in, I didn't even see it coming. I, I did never did. So Moira's backstory leading up to this point, she's living in Toronto, which Toronto from Chicago is only like a hop, skip, and a jump away. Yeah, it's like an hour. Oh, it's I, not far. I've done yeah, it. Yeah, and especially by water, it's yeah. easy. It's even, yeah. So... Moira is dating a woman in Toronto who's part of like, it kind of seems like it's a UNICEF organization. Like they Mm -hmm. go into like war torn um, regions and provide aid to any kind of civilians that are living in the area. So that's what this organization does. And so this chick was leaving on one of these like relief aid trips and she invites Moira to come with her. Mm-hmm. They never mentioned Chicago. She said she was going to Sutton's Bay, which Sutton's Bay is in Michigan. Um, and no, she was going to Thunder Bay, which is like a body of water, like kind of, you know, right above Lake Michigan in uh, like more in the state of Michigan. And so obviously they were, it's, 
it, from what it seemed like they were going to different parts of like the lake coast to drop off aid yeah so yeah. moira decides to go with her and that's where this that's where like that storyline kind of ended so when yeah. chicago yeah. was getting bombed and june got bombed down when she was with janine i didn't even think of it no like, i didn't, wasn't I didn't I, think of that. none of us knew it was coming especially like the writers kind of took us to this point of like we had no idea where things were going to go when her and Janine finally escaped. Yeah. And then he kept throwing like, you know, curve after curveball when they yeah. put them with the group that like didn't care about them. Yes. And then they were like, Chicago wasn't this like stronghold that we thought it was, you know? Right. So when she was going to look for the Nighthawk, I was like, I don't even know what's going to happen. I was just I know. not prepared. I was, we were not expecting that, right? Not at all. So yeah, so... So they got um, on. Coincidentally, Moira's group is in Chicago to drop off aid. So they go yeah. into Chicago to search for survivors from the bombings, and she fucking finds June. In she the finds June. She in fucking finds in the rubble. And right when that episode ended, we were all like, "Oh my god, it's over! Yay, we're done!" All right, no. So there's a whole cosa because in the beginning, June's like, "I don't want to leave because I don't have Hannah." right? I don't fucking have my daughter. That's the reason why I'm still in fucking Gilead. And, and she knows how hard it's going to be out. to find Hannah when she leaves Gilead, when she go, if she goes to Canada, right? It's going to be even harder for her to get Hannah out, right? So she doesn't want to leave at first. Then uh, Moira's lesbian lover or whatever, who, whoever she is, doesn't want to accept, she doesn't want to save June because so she doesn't she want them to get all caught up, right? right? So they're part of the rules of war that it, with the agreement that they have to go drop off AIDS as like a relief organization is they can't take people back with them or they will lose their right their rights to go, to go do that right zones right and so the no one is invested in bringing june back either right it's just not worth it it's not but more more is like this bitch saved all those kids like are you fucking kidding me like bring this bitch back right so but we're just gonna- on the other side of it too with the very human of like very human side of this is my best friend. And I really just found her against all odds. Right. Found her. I can, I mean, anyone would have been like, I'm not leaving her. I'm not leaving her. Absolutely. Fucking not. Yeah. Very much like desperation vibes, you know? Right. Right. Moira was just like, I'm going to do anything to get her on. And she did. She She did. did. So she ends up convincing them to, make uh june look like a pastor like one of the helpers like they make her a fake name tag you know whatever have you she gets free she goes to canada and luke is there waiting for her so they have that like that moment there was like oh my god we've been waiting this entire four years guys yeah well four fucking years even maybe even more because of the whole pandemic right Yeah. yeah for this moment right and it's very i don't know if about you becky but it was very like it was so lackluster to me because like, obviously I didn't take in, in consideration the fact that how fucked up both these motherfuckers are from just not having each other in their, each other's lives for so long. I mean, all the shit that June has been through, Luke uh, just being like completely like a mess because his daughter and his wife are stuck in this world being sex slaves and being prisoners, right? I remember, so, you know, something a lot of people forgot about. Well, not a lot of people. I mentioned it to Jess, <laughs> just just Jess. But I'm sure she's not the only one. Remember when she was living with Commander Lawrence, she was able to get a cassette tape to him. And she basically uh-huh. him, like, I need you to know Nicole was born out of love. Like, yeah. So, so he knew the tea. Yeah. And, yeah. You know, I think 
part of the beauty of like Nick and June's relationship and their love, I feel like was that love is what helped June survive Gilead. And she told Luke in that cassette tape, she's like, you need to, I know this is a fucked up situation to be in, but you need to find some kind of happiness to get you through it. And I think that was definitely Nick for her. So that was like the other part of me too, that I was thinking about, I was like, oh my God, he knows about Nick. Yeah. You know, like, like she has a a baby. Yeah. It was a lot to unpack. It's a lot. It's a lot. So I just want to give him a nice brief overline of what's happening because it's already been an hour, bitch. We're talking forever, okay? <laughs> I don't know. There's just so much to talk about. It's The Handmaid's so like handmaid Tale, <laughs> right. so it's a lot. So basically, though, guys, June is now living in Canada, right? Um, she's, been, I mean, literally, how does she fucking comprehend life now, right? Having freedom again getting to wear regular clothes again. You know what I mean? Just like she's been a literal prisoner, a sex prisoner for like strangers for the past seven years. So she's fucked up, right? And then of course, Luke is trying his heart. God bless him. Cause that nigga can act his goddamn ass off. Cause the, this nigga's eyes, the, the I don't know. I mean, I need expressions. Bitch. This, this actor's facial expressions is just, it's I need to put some respect on his name. I'm going to yeah. get his name because I can't because he's so amazing. He's so like, good at like saying, literally verbally saying nothing. Yeah. Like saying so much just from like a gaze or like a facial expression. What's his name? O.T. O.T. Fagbenley. O.T. <laughs> what? <laughs> O.T. S.A.G. O.T. is O.T. is literally like the first part. OT. Uh, and then fa- last name is F A G B E N L E. Fagbenli. All right. So I have like a little like pronunciation microphone thing. Girl, I'm done. You're doing a lot. Okay. <laughs> I, I just spelled the day. They can Google it. Okay. He fine as fuck. Low key, high key, whatever. He, girl, he looked like a zaddy in these photos. But um, shout out to him. He's fucking phenomenal. Um, and yeah, they just like, they're trying to formulate this new life where now they're all kind of cohabitating him, Moira, Nicole, her love child with Nick and, you know, and Rita now, cause they, they come back together. Rita's, Rita's like, you know, June's old uh, Martha, you know? And so yeah, long story short, long story short when that, because like, they're trying to figure, bitch, we're not even getting into the tea with like Serena and fucking, um, you know, okay, the well, commander. Let's, okay, let's kind of wrap up the season. Recap. Yeah, girl, we're going to be so, here all night. I want to say, I think this season gave us everything we needed and wanted and then some, um, especially the last two episodes. I yes. Think, they were movies. If that L- was- like last three, last three, because the last, well, right? I think like the third to last episode to me. That's when they find each other. That's when Moria finds. No. The third to last episode was when, hold on, I'm going to tell you right now. Yeah, because when did they, when did Moira find June? That shit was fucking iconic. So the third to last episode was Testimony. That was the episode where it kind of focused. So basically in, in Toronto, any former handmaid or Martha that has escaped, there's a, a like a therapy group. And they get, it looks like they get together a couple of times a week, you know, to talk about healing and their trauma as a collective. Um, and the 
there was a lot of dialogue in that episode, which I really liked. I like, I like show, I like shows like, I like episodes like that. Um, but I feel like what I got from it was the theme of that episode was like, everyone kind of had this breakthrough moment of where June was like, why do we have to not, why can't I be angry about this? Yeah. She's and like, why can't I, why can't, why does everything have to be wrapped up in healing? And why can't I feel, why can't I be justified in my anger that I, and that I feel. And for me, no girl, you got to say it. The, that It was the, it was the monologue bitch for me. Why can't I yeah. feel as angry as I want or something like that? Right. Yeah. Why can't I be as angry as I feel? That's what it was. Right. Why can't I be as angry as I feel that shit? Because I think what June is reckoning with is even though she's out of Gilead, the game has not changed. No, the patriarchy is still alive. No, it's Canada, still happening, and women are still expected to be nice and be sweet and be, you know, centered. And the reality of it is, is we're human beings. Right. We have a rainbow of emotions, and we have been taught that we have to suppress the ugly emotions, right. anger, fear um resentment disappointment sadness that's something that we have to hide and why and it's a it's a it's a it's a byproduct of the patriarchy and I think June is seeing as well that I think what she's seeing in Canada and what she's witnessing is like everyone is kind of dead set on like being like this centrist type of you know resistance to Mm -hmm. Gilead um elected officials and civilians included and she's like they play nasty so why aren't we playing nasty right and And in this monologue that she has in the in the group therapy session she kind of wakes all them up all the women that are there and she's like they're like yeah she's right yeah bitch yes even moira because i think that's kind of where Moira's character is struggles. Kind of back. She struggles with yeah. she wants to heal. She wants to move yeah. forward. And how can you but she move can. forward? How can you move forward when justice has not been served? Right. And from what it's looking like, it's not going to be served. Right. So it was a slow moving episode, but I definitely I was like, okay, first of all, this was so necessary to see. Right. This was so ne- these conversations had to be had. And I feel like the way they led into the next two episodes. It was I know. Perfect. I know. It was, it was so good. absolutely perfect. The season episode nine, when <sighs> When she goes to see Nick. Oh, the emotions. The emotions. I have like, that's never... the first time I've seen June actually, like, happy, like, since, like, she left. Like, like generally, like... And he <sighs> freaking loves her. I know, down. He sees her for exactly who she is. Yeah. And I feel like even their relationship is even a little different than her and Luke's because... Nick is a little bit more of like an intellectual and so is June. And so they're Mm. able to kind of like talk about things in a lighthearted way, but in a smart way where I feel like Luke kind of falls short on that. He's a nice guy. He's great. You know, he loves her too, but you can tell he lacks just a little bit of death. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I think now that a little bit in that department and I, especially shows in the way that 
I feel like he falls short in helping her move forward with things, even though he yeah. did give her space. He's like, trying, like, bitch. He's trying really hard. He don't know. But I don't think he just has the depth to even understand. And but can, even, how can he? How? He wasn't yeah. there. And, Nick and was he, there. Nick, Nick was, was with Nick was with June this entire... He had to watch her go through this shit over and fucking over again. Right. Whereas Luke was like there, but not there. Like he didn't see it. Right. He didn't witness it. He didn't feel the heaviness that was Gilead. Oh, no. You can only do so much when you're watching from afar. I mean, I'm and sorry. I feel you like know? that's kind of the, 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 the sadness in her and Luke's relationship because and we all know like relationships, you grow and evolve. And I feel like June has kind of grown and, and evolved into a completely different person. Yeah. And so has Nick, you know? Yeah, so, for so sure. Yeah, he's absolutely. grown as a person and he's evolved. And not that Luke hasn't, but I think that's kind of the tragedy in their relationship is like, they both have grown, but not together. And yeah. that's, that's like the core value in any relationship is yeah. growing together. Yeah. And I feel like Nick is kind of, I'm not, June has kind of outgrown Luke, you know, and it's tough. He just, he just doesn't, it's, it's something she can't like explain to him. You just got to be there, you know, like, or you have to experience what she's right. experienced. Right. It's just right. so, and he's trying bless his heart. Right. Cause he loves June. He loves right. her. So he wants any, he wants nothing but to have his wife and daughter right. back to while how things were. And right. like, granted, you know I mean? He, you know, right. so and for those Honestly, who guys, watch the show and are going to watch this show, when you get to this point, yeah, you're going to know exactly what you're talking, what we're talking about. You are going to be in stitches because it was one of the most, honestly, one of the most beautiful like love scenes I've ever seen ever yeah. in like it was a powerful. Movie it was very powerful. Yeah, and they did just, that. They did that. It was a long time coming, and mm-hmm. I I have never cried so hard. I don't think I've ever cried over a love scene. In a movie. You're a cold-hearted bitch. That's why. You don't got a soul, <laughs> bitch. Like, you have no soul. I've cried over, like, you know, when people die or sad things happen. But, like, a love scene like that, I was just like... Yeah. Oh, I was just like, dude, the tears. Yeah. <laughs> you can kind of feel, like, a part of, like, what she's going through. Like, the confusion of this. Like, the feel, the emotions. Like, how, like, how does she comprehend life now? You know what I mean? Like... Part of her life is in, part of her heart is in Gilead with Nick. You know, part of her heart's in Canada. You know what I mean? Part of it's gone because it got fucking fucked away by these fucking commander rapists. You know what I mean? Let's just be real. So guys, we can't even be here for all night, literally. Um, If you guys want more of this shit, literally watch the, the whole fucking thing on my podcast. We watched the whole season finale together me and Becky. So we give you all the emotions there. We give you the reactions there. So that's kind of like, if you want more, just go there. Cause it's such give a Give you timestamps as well while we're watching the live. If you Oh, wanna... I thought you meant in here. I'm like, bitch. No. Oh no. yeah. No, we do. We kind of do. Yeah, we do. Actually we do. We call out like 10 minutes, four seconds or whatever. So right. we do tell you guys. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So, and then you can pause it. You can catch up. Right. So you can do it. It's fun. Um, I want to take a break cause we've been talking so long. So let's take a quick break and then okay. we'll be back. And we, and we will be right be back, right back after, after these detailed messages. messages. And we are back. 
yes. Okay, guys. So we have to do our weekly segment with our guests. Obviously, whenever we do it, wait, it we're is done time. talking about handmaids. Yes, bitch. We've <laughs> been talking about handmaids for an hour and twelve minutes, bitch. You see this hoe? Do you want to be here all night? Good God, I'm done. Okay, yes. you know what? What well, you should tell everyone. Okay whoever wants to talk about it even more maybe we can do another episode where we because i really want to talk about janine's character and Anthony's oh bitch we don't got time for that and literally. character no and, like, literally their- there could be a part two honestly but we'll just like have to talk about it amongst ourselves you guys reach out to me if you guys want another one because literally we can- bitch this is this is a lot we could talk but we but the thing is though handmade is legit so heavy it's so it's it's there's just so much to it you know that we can talk all fucking night and day about it um and yeah yes there's a lot we didn't cover uh, boots you know what i'm saying but we just can't do it we're not all in one episode um it because i want to get to okay go on go on go on go on go on. this bitch wants to be here for four hours talking nobody wants to hear us talking for this long bitch get the fuck anyways it's time for meditate masturbate or medicate all right So what are we talking about for a little bit, boo? Come on now. Let's talk about masturbate. Yes, <laughs> masturbate. <sighs> yes, boo. Okay, so what's up, bitch? What's your, what's, what's going on um, this summer with, uh, you know, you know, you guys, Becky is single. So, you know, she's been, you know, that's been her like tea. She's been out here masturbating in these streets. So what's going on? Um... Nothing. I've been <laughs> uh, nothing. <laughs> well, it's been obviously an exploration into my body. No, I'm just kidding. No, <laughs> I was like, bitch. Well, so because of the pandemic, I definitely have turned to marijuana for yes. Stress. It's become part of like my nightly routine. Obviously, my part of my night routine is masturbating. It's, yes. it's my morning routine as well. Um, but yeah, I think that, you know, obviously I've found a lot of relief with cannabis. And I, for me, I feel like when I do have my self-love sessions, it elevates the experience so much more. And I kind Which, of yes. knew that. I've definitely, I mean, I've never not, smoked weed until 2020 but and I have been in situations with other partners where we've both been high and it's definitely like a different level of orgasm when things go down but it definitely for myself it just makes the experience so much more um I don't know how to describe it one thing that I have been doing, um, some I, I've mentioned it before in an episode in the past. I read that book this year called In the Flow. And this in this book, in terms of your sexuality, she does talk about like the 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 importance of regular orgasms, whether you're partnered up or whether you're single. And mm. I've never had really an issue like making time for it, but it definitely you know, it's something that Girl. needs to be happening. It's good yeah. for you. And one thing that she talks about is edging and what it does for yourself as a, for your health as a woman. Mm-hmm. Because I guess when you do edging, you're raising your cortisol levels, mm. which is just good for it. Like, I guess when your cortisol levels are raised one to two times a week, 
Um, it like helps prevent like heart disease. Really? It's, mm-hmm. it's like, there's a ton of health benefits that come with well, it. Well, edging is a huge part of Tantra. They oh, edging is oh, like a huge cool. part. Yeah. We yeah. like, they teach that with a lot and men too. Like they do edging all the time with that too. So right. that makes sense. That makes sense. So okay. I have never, obviously I was, you know, smoking weed and then masturbating. That's part of my night. Like slow, I smoke, do my skincare routine, go to bed, it's just you know, a fun. Yes. But, um, you know, with cannabis, I feel like it's definitely really helped me kind of shut off my mind oh and my focus God. on what's the task at hand. And I feel like cannabis has really helped me explore like edging more and how good that's been for me. And I've been sharing with Kim, you know, following this, I mean, the book is a lot to take in. I'm still like, I go back and read it all the time because there's so much information and I definitely have felt such a difference. Matter of fact, not to be TMI, but I, I'm on my period right now and I've been telling Kim I've been exhausted. Yeah. But I also, I definitely kind of fell off the wagon in terms of like what I was eating. You know, I wasn't really following the protocol. And it, guys, I'm telling you like, it, when I'm on top of it and I'm following this woman's suggestions, like I just feel so much better. I feel so much more alive. Um, and yeah, it's just been really good for me. So that's kind of like my takeaway is if you can make time at least once a week to give yourself two or three hours to like have some fun. Two or three hours? This bitch gonna fucking... <laughs> but that... Bitch! Okay, it doesn't have to be two or three. Like, if you could even... No, I mean, I live. If you got that time, set some (laughs) candles, make it a whole fucking thing. Bitch, I got 10 minutes. Let me get this on and pop in. Like, but no. But, That's a a gift that you can give yourself. Legit. It's... And honestly, it makes a world of difference in your health and how you feel and your outlook and your perspective on your life, especially in a pandemic. You know, I definitely feel like it was a divine intervention that this I stumbled across this author and you know all of her work and I read her book because it's really been something that's been kind of like a new thing for me and yeah you know it's been fun to kind of explore that and cannabis has aided me in that so this bitch masturbating (laughs) in a panda in a panda express y'all I mean in a pan dulce in a pan dulce in a pandaria y'all I mean shit I, yeah, like, well, the thing, that's the thing that's so nice about, like, cannabis is that, you know, you're able to kind of just, like, like you said, like, literally, like, turn off your, because, you know, that's the thing, you you get all up in our heads about shit, it's just as it relaxes you. And you can do, you can do, like, a number of things to kind of get to that point, like, you can, like, go and Google, like, erotic, um, you know, different kind of readings, and, like, I don't know, like, it's not necessarily, like, it's, like, playing with yourself for a little bit and then like Mm -hmm. reading something thinking about someone in particular that you have the hots for um tell us more boo (laughs) (laughs) past sexual experiences you know definitely kind of take your place to your mind to a place where you're just relaxed and think about a time where you were just totally like uninhibited Mm. and having fun with yourself and a partner or even think about someone that maybe you have your eyes on too, you know, like that can kind of help you get to that place as well. Cool. That's like a, that's like <laughs> a vibe guys. I know you guys felt that in your soul. Yeah, guys. I mean like legit, if you guys haven't like 
fucked when you were high as fuck or <laughs> masturbate when you're high as fuck you're missing the fuck out let's just be real yeah it's a whole nother it's a whole but i also level. feel like with that being said it's also a slippery slope too like i think that there's something to be said about being totally sober when you're hooking up with someone as well and like really being present well, you learn more about that because like obviously right. if you're you know like if something's like impairing you in any way you know, it's, it's, it's keeping you from really like understanding your body. Right. You know, really right. kind of like finding out, well, why is it that I can't do this? Or why is it that my, you know, right. whatever, you know? So, but uh, yeah, that's the real tea, but, um, cute. Shout out to you. Shout out to your vagina and for my you know, clit. shout my out to your clitoris. <laughs> is it clitoris or is it clitoris? That's the real question. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> bitch, I've heard clitoris, bitch. I've heard clitoris. I've heard yeah, I've heard it and both. speaking of that, guys, women, get to know people. You. Know your body parts. Your sexual organs all have names. You need to know the difference between your vulva, your clitoral hood, your labia majora, your your inner labia, your vagina, your urethra. Like, and I'm speaking as someone who what I do for a living nothing so I always tell the story of when I first started at my salon that I work at so I mostly do Brazilian waxes that's my expertise and where I work wax snatch (laughs) what I used to do kind of to protect myself when I was like first starting out because I wanted everyone to be happy and when you're first starting out you're really nervous you don't want to have a disappointed you know customer get a service from you so I would show them a mirror like I would hold them like, here, take a look. Especially when I, it was mostly when I would leave a shape, I'd be like, here, go ahead and take a look. Let me know what you think of the shape. Like we could, if you want me to refine it a little bit more, if it's not something you wanted after all, every single time Kim, I would hold up the mirror every single time. I'm not kidding you. They'd be like, oh, I don't want to look at myself that way. I've never done that before. Girl. And Yeah. Well, the, heart, the heartbreak. I girl. Felt. Because I remember specifically, I must have been like 12 or 11. I was in the bathroom one time and I was just curious and I held up a mirror and I was so mesmerized by what I saw. I couldn't stop staring at myself. It was the craziest. (laughs) And I, you know, (laughs) and like, it definitely made me appreciate like my body and like who I was as a woman. Mm -hmm. And it breaks my heart that there are women that I've never done that before. Girl, it's society, girl. And and going back to like what The Handmaid's Tale is all about. Right. There is, if you don't know your body parts and you don't know your sexual organs and their appropriate names, how can you ever expect to get an orgasm, get, have a partner help you get to an, reach an orgasm that satisfies you where you can have a healthy sexual life? You need to be able to call these things out. And even in, even, too, that, even outside of that, in terms of your own health, your 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 health, very true, women, your reproductive very true. health, you need to call out your body parts to your doctor and like, this is what's wrong, this is yeah. what's itchy, this is this I have right. this here, you know. Yeah. We, it's so important that we know these things, and I know it seems silly, and I know it seems like intense, but it's mm-hmm. why not? Mm-hmm. You know women's clitorises we they weren't even included in like medical journals like about anatomy until like I don't know like I think it was like 1998 or something crazy like that the Mm -hmm. clitoris was not studied and the clitoris only the art the only purpose of our clitoris is for pleasure 
it has yeah. it serves no other function than pleasure. Shout out to the clit, y'all. <laughs> you know Shout what out I mean? to the and clit. What a beautiful yeah. thing that as women, we've been blessed with that. We've been blessed with that gift from nature. And yeah, I mean, that's, we got to know our bodies. We yeah, have- but bitch, this is a lot of mental. It's a lot of mental too. You know what I'm saying? Because like society has put such a stigma on sexuality in general, right? Like it's just something that as a collective, as a, you know, as people, we need to just move forward and be celebrate our sexuality, right? That's why I have the segments. That's why I talk about masturbation. That's why I invite my guests on and I give them the option because if they do want to talk about masturbating, I say, let's fucking do it, right? Right? Thanks, Becky, for talking about your clit. Shout out to you. Shout Shout out to your clit. Shout out to you, (laughs) right? Um, You guys, we've talked... A long time. I love you guys down, but of course we have to end the show at some point. Um, but I do want to wrap it up with a quote of the day. It's all around, you know, it's around about our topic. What about sexy sustainability? Bitch, I do that. She don't listen. She don't watch. She don't listen to the show, guys. She don't watch the show. She don't listen to the show. Oh, I would. If you did watch it, bitch, you would have known I already did it in this episode. So get out of oh, here. True, 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 true. true. You're done. Right. I'm done with her. Right. Done. Anyways, quote you did of it with the Nico, day. The first, like you. I know. I did. I switched it up. I switched it up. I switched it up. So God. Anyways, <laughs> you see this bitch ruining the show? No, I'm just playing. Um, you guys, quote of the day is. I am not free while any woman is unfree, even when her shackles are very different from her own. And that is by Audrey. Yes. Shout out to you, girl. Very good quote. Becky, I love you, Boots. You're such an amazing person, even though you troll the fuck out of me for my barbecue sauce. So fuck you. Um, or for the Guys, I'm setting up a GoFundMe for kids. Oh, God. Shut up. Get her a lifetime supply of sweet baby rays. I fucking hate you. Becky, tell everybody where they can find you. Jesus Christ. Tell them where they can you find can you. You can find me on Instagram at Bexter Lexter. There we go, Follow guys. Me. Follow this bitch. She's hilarious. Don't DM me, though. No, I'm just kidding. Send them them dicks. Send them dicks. Actually, Send them I the dicks. Our clits. You can't you can DM me anymore on Instagram. Oh, you you took it off? Oh, bitch. Down, bitch. She said, I'm sick of the fucking bitch. I'm at peace, and I'm... That her and her clit are at peace, guys. Her and her clit. Look at my click. Look at my click, nigga. Yeah, click. You know when bitches would be calling it click? Like, it's not a click. It's called a clit. <laughs> a clitoris. Anyways, guys, thank you guys so much for joining me, as always, every week for the trifle. I always appreciate it. Um, this week, guys, take a mirror and shine it down at your nana your yoni your bunani whatever you want to call it give it a good look see her spread it out lift it lift them folds you know what i'm saying for my you know shout out to them folds you know what i'm saying get a really good look see what you got down there and for you guys too the men take a look at your penis the men you do know men favor get an anatomy book and learn our fucking pussies well do that too learn how to dead call ass. dead ass but i want men to also take a mirror down in them shits because if you got some dingleberries niggas like get rid of that shit clean it get them hairs out of there all right clean it up tidy it up oil it wanna, up we don't want to deal with that mess okay just letting you we know see the ash on that shaft Woo, okay we see that ash get it together all right guys follow me on instagram uh always t- tweet me even though i don't I'm, not, I'm never on there um always email me at kimbology podcast at gmail.com follow me on facebook kimboology podcast i'm everywhere guys thank you so much for joining me this week 
Um, and if you guys are watching on the visuals, shout out to y'all on YouTube. Um, yeah, so we'll come back next week for some more bullshit. Thank you, Becky, for joining us. Sure. Thanks for having me. Say goodbye me. to the good people. Bye. Bye. See you guys next week. Bye. Kimbo out. Brought to you by the Rick Dog Network. <laughs> well, shoot the damn dog.